1: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast, OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well, and you're having a great week. We're getting some snow outside the studios of the Factual Data Creation Facility in time for Super Bowl Sunday. Joe Rogan to Rumble and Peloton to Apple. These things could happen. Time will tell. Facebook shutting down in Europe? Can they shut down here too? Eileen Gu, American-born Olympic athlete, bought and paid for by the CCP. What a disgrace. It's really all about the money with her, I guess. The White House asked hospitals to better define COVID cases. Dying with COVID no longer counts. Only dying from COVID will. Better late than never. How many deaths attributed to COVID were actually from other causes? I guess we'll never know. No more mask wearing indoors in the state of New York. You know, old Bill Gates said the COVID thing should be over by March. Well, I guess he should know. He was part of its creation. Or so the conspiracy folks say. Correction. Uh, Amazon is raising its prices for Prime by $20 per year. For yearly subscribers and thirty-six dollars per year for monthly subscribers, not the twenty and thirty-six dollars per month I reported last episode. There's some tech news. wasn't much this week. Rumors of the fitness company Peloton being sold continued to swirl, with major investors in the company continuing to call for one. The co-founder and CEO of the company, John Foley, has stepped down, and twenty-eight hundred jobs were cut. Amazon and Nike have already declared their interest while many analysts say that Apple would have the most to gain by acquiring Peloton. Well, I'd say the analysts are correct on this as Apple already has a pretty mature fitness subscription business in place. Apple Fitness Plus. I pay for and use Apple Fitness, but not much anymore. If you're a regular listener to the show, you'd know that I primarily use the indoor cycling part of the service. Peloton's digital app has much better offerings. And Apple doesn't have as many instructors as Peloton has, and most can't compare to the stable of instructors Peloton wields in personality and volume of different types of classes they offer. Apple has six cycling instructors versus Peloton's 28. All of Apple's classes are based on the amount of time and type of music each class has. While Peloton also lets you choose these things, they also break down types of classes like, for example, low impact, advanced and regular beginner, hit rhymes, and much more. Peloton also offers live rides. Apple seems more geared to the 20- and 30-something-year-old demographic, and even when a classic rock or new wave class is offered, you can tell the instructor doesn't listen to or even likes the music you're riding along to. Though Apple's instructors are always reminding you to just ride at your ability, of course, you will try and keep up with the young, very fit instructors. This results in old, out-of-shape farts like myself overdoing it and needing to take days off between workouts to recover. If Apple does wind up buying Peloton, hopefully they'll keep Peloton's current instructors and still charge the $9.99 per month versus the $12.99 per month that Peloton charges. And if you actually have Peloton equipment, they charge $39.99. Facebook, Meta, or whatever they're calling themselves these days, are threatening to shut down Facebook in Europe over data transfer frameworks. The company currently uses two, privacy shield and standard contractual clauses to transfer data between the US and Europe. Last year, the Irish Data Protection Commission ruled that these frameworks don't follow Europe's general data protection regulation laws and all data transmitted using them should be suspended. If this ruling stands, then Facebook will no longer be able to transfer data between Europe and this country. Hmm. Kind of sounds like a win for Europe. What do you think? Apple's next event is rumored to be taking place on March 8th. The tech press are expecting a new, unexciting iPhone SE and a new iPad Air to be introduced. My son would be interested in a new SE, but supposedly this year's release will be the same design as the last one, which he already has. The new model will have 5G capability and, of course, a faster chip. I'm interested in the new iPad Air, but it too will probably just feature a faster chip and a center stage camera. Another rumored product we might see is a MacBook Pro based on Apple's own new M2 chip. This will be the new baseline Pro for the rest of us. Yeah, I might trade my old Air and Pro to get a hold of one of these. Well, I was wrong. What? A while back, I posed a question to you. I asked if you thought the annual Mobile World Congress would take place. I concluded that it wouldn't. Well, it will take place starting February 28th and end March 3rd. Lenovo and Sony won't be there, but the rest of the usual suspects will. Good deal. Things are really getting back to normal, I feel. Samsung held an Unpacked event on February 9th. It introduced the latest Galaxy phones and a new-sized Galaxy tablet. The Galaxy S22, S22 Plus, and S22 Ultra are the new handsets. All feature faster processors and improved cameras. The S22 Ultra also comes standard with an S Pen and appears to be the replacement for the rumored discontinued Galaxy Note the s22 has a 6.1 inch screen and will set you back 800 bucks the s22 plus rocks a 6.6 inch screen and will cost one thousand dollars while the s22 ultra packs a huge 6.8 inch screen and costs 1200 for the entry level the screens are gorgeous which is normal for samsung along with the phones they also introduced three new tablets the 14.6 inch screen tab s8 ultra for $1100, which stole the Limelight because of its huge screen, the Tab S8 Plus, I can't find a price for it, with a 12.4 inch screen, and the standard Tab S8 with an 11 inch screen, which will cost you $700. All tablet models will have companion backlit keyboards available. You know, if I had to be entrenched into an ecosystem other than Apple's, this would be the one I'd choose. Samsung will also offer four years of operating system updates for Galaxy S phones going forward. This is a good thing, especially within the Android space. Apple currently offers five on all their current phones and release them a heck of a lot quicker than Android-based phones. No overlays on top of the operating system to mess with. Tech I'm using or interested in. I'm going to check out the YouTube competitor Rumble this week. I've checked it out in the past, but that was a while back, and it really didn't impress me. With Trump and maybe Joe Rogan going to the platform, something must be happening over there. Now, well, at least I can say I've seen it before it gets taken down. Nothing new is happening as far as the tech I'm using. I keep chugging along within the Apple ecosystem, which is working well for me. The Aura Ring is just fine. I'm still waiting for the new features to drop via a firmware update. And I'm still using the Peloton digital app for my cycling workouts, especially the rides from the London studios. I've yet to try a live ride, but may get to one real soon now. The problem being my work hours. I work 2 in the afternoon until 10 in the evening. This puts the London studio rides too early for me and the other rides are just too late for me. Here's some entertainment news. Some episodes back, I lamented that the Apple TV Plus series Slow Horses seemed to have gotten lost during the pandemic crisis. Well, CultOfMac.com is reporting an April 1st premiere date for that delayed series. Gary Oldman stars as the leader of a group of down-on-their-career-luck MI5 spies whom their employer hopes will just resign instead of being fired and causing grief for the intelligence agency. They are assigned to Slowhouse, spelled S-L-O-U-G-H, in central London and given menial tasks in the hopes that they will just quit. Instead, they find themselves in real espionage situations. Each of the characters have a great backstory, along with clashing personalities, which makes for many comedic situations. The show is based on the series of novels of the same name by author Mick Herron. I'm really looking forward to this one and hope the television series stays true to the books. A new series I'm watching on Amazon Prime is Reacher, based on the first of the many books by author Lee Child. The Killing Floor. The series of novels also were the basis of two movies in which Tom Cruise, of all people, played a physically stunted Jack Reacher, who is described in the novels as six foot five with hands the size of dishes or something to that effect. The guy who plays the main character in the television series is big, but still not as big as the literary one. So far, the series is watchable, but there's room for improvement. As far as the books go, I read the first four, but got bored of them because they all use the same revenge formula. If you've read one, you've basically read them all. Some podcasting news. Boy, this Joe Rogan thing has started to grow some legs. First, the podcast was called out by a supposed letter to the show's exclusive host, Spotify, from 270 doctors and medical specialists, which just turned out to be some doctors and medical specialists, but mostly college students and fellow podcasters. Why? For COVID misinformation. Then, old hippie rockers like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and others pulled their content from Spotify along with some podcasters for the same reason. The U.S. Surgeon General and press head for the White House chimed in, along with the mainstream media. Of course, the sham royals Megan and Harry had to have their say. And over last weekend, a compilation video of Rogan saying the N-word, of course taken out of context, from his show episodes recorded years ago. Upon the release of this video, more or less famous musicians and podcasters pulled their content from Spotify. After an apology from Joe via his Instagram account, Spotify held their ground with its CEO of the company, Daniel Eck, stating he didn't feel silencing Joe Rogan was the correct way to go. Well, good for him. Though over 100 episodes of Joe Rogan's experience podcasts were pulled. Now, I'm not going to defend Rogan for using the N-word with context or not. It's a stupid word which basically has no meaning except to slur a race of people. Last Sunday, another video was released, this time with Joe talking to his blowhard friend, Joey Diaz. Rogan was shown laughing as Diaz regaled Joe with tales of coercing women to perform sexual acts on him. I'm sure the sponsors of this clip think This will be the coup de grace that finally deplatforms and cancels Joe Rogan and his podcast. Well, they might be right. You know, the Obamas are threatening to not renew their expensive contract for the duos underperforming higher ground productions from Spotify. Mr. Eck just might be pressured to cut the Rogan podcast loose. And here is where it starts to get interesting. Rumble, the Canadian-based free speech video platform, which just cut a deal with former President Trump, has offered Rogan $100 million over four years to bring his show to that platform exclusively. So you'll have Trump and Rogan on one platform. No. Now, do you really think the cabal of wokesters, media, and government will allow the platform to exist? I think not. I've been noticing that Amazon is gobbling up independent podcasts at a rate that resembles Spotify's rampage in the past. I guess they're making a move on this space. More details in an upcoming episode. And finally, if you're looking for a great podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast app, look no further than Castomatic. It has it all, and I mean all of the features the big boys have, and it costs just $8.49 per year to subscribe to, and that unlocks all the features. The revenue earned helps out the developer and allows him to keep updating the app with the latest features. All right, here's my rant. The Canadian Freedom Convoy seems to have caught the Canadian government, especially their prime minister, off guard because of its size and, by all accounts, It keeps growing the country's leader justin trudeau seemed visually shaken and fled the capital of ottawa supposedly for his safety at first the mainstream media ignored the protest but when it became too large to ignore reported with the usual fascist racist and white supremacist tropes that didn't even jive with what was actually taking place on the ground no surprise there the leftist funding site gofundme pulled the $10 million raised in support of the convoy, citing that the protest was violent and an occupation. This blew up on the woke funding company, with many pointing out that GoFundMe had no problems with raising money for the illegally occupied CHOP zone in Seattle during the communist BLM and Antifa riots over the summer of 2020. Now That was an occupation and had violence with at least four people being murdered. Trudeau eventually returned to Ottawa and addressed his government, calling the protesters, wait for it, racist, fascist, violent right-wing terrorists. In other words, the expected response. Ottawa's police chief has cut off fuel supplies while a judge declared that honking horns was an aggressive act and therefore illegal. Well, Trudeau's own party has condemned him for his divisive speech and draconian COVID measures, with the head of his party resigning in protest. Trudeau then blamed people in the United States for interfering in Canada. Ottawa authorities have ordered the city's towing contractors to begin clearing out the protesters' vehicles, but they have refused to do so so far. For funding, Bitcoin is now being used. And now you can see why governments worldwide are afraid of the non-government-controlled digital currency. Well, the protests must be working because, as of today... Six provinces of Canada have announced their easing COVID restrictions, and we've had a chain reaction in this country of formerly strict COVID mandate states lifting these restrictions. Many European countries are also doing this, lest their populations rebel like those in Canada have. It appears the world has had enough of COVID and will bring about the end of the pandemic one way or another. Then the reckoning can begin, and with it, retaliation against the cause of the last two years of this authoritarian rule the Communist Party of China, the odious CCP. Episode Triple Uno 111 is ever so slowly coming to a close. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you, and hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, rev up your trucks and get off my lawn. I'm out. I'll see you next week. Take care.